we're going to be in Ezekiel 37. We continue our series called My Favorite Summer. Um, and Ezekiel 37 uh, is one of just my favorite passages. It is, uh, I'll give you a little context. So, um, roughly maybe 400 years before Ezekiel's time, so following uh, King Solomon's reign, uh, <coughs> Israel was divided into a northern kingdom, which consists of ten tribes, and a southern kingdom, which was two tribes. So the northern kingdom, the ten tribes, they're referred to in Scripture as, as Israel. The southern, sorry, the southern kingdom consisted of, of two tribes, uh, Judah and Benjamin, and, and they're referred to as Judah in Scripture. And so, um, and as it turns out, uh, they've both been taken captive by different enemies, right? So the northern kingdom was taken captive by uh, Assyria and the southern kingdom by uh, Babylon, and so they're in captivity, and, and Ezekiel is a prophet appointed by God to deliver a, a message, and his message is really one of God's judgment. Like, if you, if you do not repent and turn back to God, he's, like, there's going to be consequences, and, he, and, and he'll even use, you know, these ungodly people to administer justice, right? And so that's kind of the message of, of the first maybe 20-plus chapters of Ezekiel. And, uh, and in Ezekiel 24, God tells Ezekiel that the king of Babylon has begun an attack on Jerusalem. And in Ezekiel 33, Ezekiel finds out from a messenger that they've actually uh, overtaken the city, that the city has fallen. So it's kind of this, you know, discouraging, you know, message and series of events that have unfolded. And then you get to chapter 37, which is just this really beautiful vision that God gives Ezekiel. And it's a, it's a message of a vision of, of hope in a dark time, right? And so uh, I, this is one of my favorite passages because it really does show, as the scriptures do, that, that God is a God of judgment and also a God of just amazing grace, you know? Um, it shows us, uh, oh, one of the things I really love is, and, and you'll see it as we read it, right, is this is a vision that God gives to Ezekiel, but it's not just, like, you can picture this so vividly in your mind as you read it, but you can actually even hear the sounds of kind of what's going on, which is really cool. Um, and then, you know, we, we, it speaks to God not just being, uh, you know, a God who, who gives life, but a God who brings dead things back to life. And so there is a, a prophecy that we're going to read about, and it's not just the prophecy that is exciting, but it's also kind of what the prophecy, what this vision foreshadows in, in end time. So it's really cool. I love it. Hope you do or will as well. So before we get there, why don't we, uh, why don't we go to the Lord in prayer? Father God, we thank you for this night. We thank you for the time to come and worship you. Lord, you are just an amazing God of grace. And so Lord, we thank you. Um, that while there is judgment, Lord, you have provided a way for us uh, to escape that judgment and have the gift of eternal life through your son, Jesus Christ. God, I pray that if there are any here who, tonight who are discouraged, who are in the valley, who see no hope, um, that your word would speak to them and bring life to them. Father, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, so hopefully you found your way to Ezekiel 37. We're going to jump right in. Verse 1, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. 
and it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass among them round about. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, that you may come to life. And I will put sinews on you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, that you may come alive, and you will know that I am the Lord. We'll go ahead and pause right there. So if you've caught, up, if you've caught a couple of things, you, you caught that there are bones in this uh, passage that come to life, or that will come to life. So that song that we sang a couple songs ago, Come Alive, Dry Bones, by Lauren Daigle. Um, one of the things I love about Lauren Daigle is, is her songs are written straight from Scripture. And so I think we're going to sing that song again at the end. But as we read, like if you, can, if you know the words, like you can kind of go back and you'll see how biblical that song is. And if you don't know the song that well, then you'll see at the end, like once we kind of work this passage, just how uh, just spot on she is uh, with her, her music. So, um, all right. So the vision that, uh, that the Lord gives to Ezekiel, he's led by the Spirit to the middle of a valley, and it is full of bones. You know, it's like they weren't graves. Like these are not open graves. These are bones just laying on the surface is what verse tells us so so kind of the picture is you know these may have been like you know soldiers who were slain in battle and and died and and were left right and so uh it tells us that the that they were very dry so why does why is that the point that the bones are they're not just bones but they're very dry bones been dead a long time absolutely they've been left out in the elements sun baking them there's absolutely zero life left in these bones. And I've got to be honest, church. Verses 3 through 6, if you look at this conversation that happens, the, actually there's two conversations. It's God speaking to Ezekiel and then Ezekiel speaking to bones. It is apart from God. Like if this were anyone except the living God, this would be like the most absurd thing you could ever read. But it's also some of the most beautiful, you know, response, short but beautiful response that you could ever see anyone give back to God. I mean, seriously, like, just imagine this is anyone except God speaking to Ezekiel. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? <laughs> like, what a ridiculous question if it's not God asking it. And then in verse 4, Again, if you remove God, Ezekiel says, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. They'd be like me saying to this microphone stand, hear the word of the Lord. There's as much life in that stand as there is in these dry bones. But Ezekiel's response in verse 3 is just beautiful. Like we think about just how, you know, these dead, they've been dead a long time. They're very dry. They're just, they're dead. There's like, they're just dead, completely lifeless. Can these dry bones live? 
Oh, Lord God, you know. Like what, what, what we would read apart from God, right? It, like it's a very obvious answer. It's a, it would be a rhetorical question. The answer is, of course not. They can't live any more than that chair could come to life. But because God is the one who is speaking here, his response is rhetorical, but the answer is yes. Surely, God, you know. Absolutely, they can. And so, Ezekiel tells the bones, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. So what I want you to do, if you write in your Bibles, and I always encourage you to do that, is, sorry guys, this microphone is a little slippery here. In verse 3, put brackets around that question, can these bones live? And then underline the answer, O Lord God, thou knowest. Verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they came to life and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Like, can you, like, get that picture? Like, these bones, and not just the picture, the sound, right? In verse 7, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling. You can hear, like, the clickety-clack of the bones, like, just coming together. I, I kind of imagine two things. Legos, right? You know, you, you snap Legos, Lego pieces together. You, know, you get a little Lego man, you snap his arm in. Click, click. Or, I, it's been many years, right? But when I read this, I actually, I know this is kind of strange, but bear with me. Like the original Pirates of the Caribbean movie, right? With the skeletons, sword fighting. Like, you know, you get the image of these. Yeah, absolutely. There you go, right? In fact, when I saw that, I was thinking, is that like, Whoever wrote that, were, were they familiar with Ezekiel 37? You know, like, do they, do they know? I, I don't know. So these bones are coming to, together, and then the, the tissue, the muscle comes on them, and they're covered, but they're not alive yet. They're lacking breath. And so God tells Ezekiel, to call breath into the lives or into the, the bodies, these dead bodies, so that they would come to life. And they do. Right? So you get these bones. They start snapping together. You could sing the song, the foot bones connected to the whatever bone, you know. <laughs> and then, like, you, you get this image. Like, they, don't, they aren't just formed into humans, right? They're the bones. So you got skeletons. And all of a sudden, like, muscle and all that like weird you know strings of tissue and stuff that's under your skin comes on them yeah nerves and tendons thank you i didn't go to medical school i don't know all the right names for those things then the skin and so so they look like real people but there's no life in them until he commands breath to come into them 
Someone flip over to Genesis 2-7 for me and read that out loud when you get there. Thank you. The one thing that separates man from all other life is that God breathed life into us. We have souls. It's what gives us value more than any other creature on earth. That God breathed life into us. In fact, I don't know if y'all made that connection. Look over at verse 5 and underline these words. Verse 5. You're going to underline the words breath and life when I read them. Behold, I will cause breath to enter, enter you that you may come to life. Verse 6 in the middle. Put breath in you that you may come alive. Verse 9. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these things that they may come to life. And in verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they came to life. You see the connection? It is the breath of God that gives us life. This is a vision, right? So what does this vision mean? And if you want to write in the margins or, you know, wherever, you can certainly do that. But one of the reasons why I love this text is because not only does the vision come true, the prophecy come true, but what it also foreshadows will come true at a later time, right? So the valley in this text represents the enemy, right? The, these are the ones who have taken captive Israel, and it was full of bones. Those, are, those bones represent God's people. They are without any hope their capital has been destroyed. They're just, they, they are without life. They cannot see light at the end of the tunnel. So then what is that vision of these bones coming to life? What is the prophecy? Good thing is, this one's explained for us. Verse 11, here we go. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say out, our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves, my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves and caused you to come up out of your graves, my people, and I'll put my spirit within you. And you will come to life. And I will place you on your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. So the prophecy is this. Remember, the two tribes were both taken captive. The prophecy is to God's people, the nation of Israel, I'm going to restore you to your land. You will become one nation again. And praise God, that's happened that's already happened. So one, this text reveals just how all-knowing God is. That in roughly the year, I don't know, 500 B.C., he would give a vision 
and then explain what it means and it would happen so many years later. But here's why I also love this, and I, I told you, because this foreshadows something just totally magnificent. But before I get there, did you notice verse 14? Underline these words. And I'll put my spirit within you, and you will come to life. Again, the breath, and the, the breath of God, his spirit, is what gives us life. What I love about this is that it, it is not just a prophecy, but it is a foreshadow. It points to Jesus Christ. Specifically, it points to the end times. For those of us who, are, who know the Lord, who put our faith in him, if we die before Christ returns, we'll be buried in the grave while our soul goes to heaven. Our body is just a shell that contains the life that God has breathed into us. So if we die before his return, that's what happens. Soul goes to heaven, bite you to the grave. When he returns, our souls will come with him. Our bodies will rise from the graves. We will be united, but with new glorified bodies. So this is a foreshadow of that event happening. And when Christ returns, in case you don't know, Satan will be sent to the abyss for a thousand years. When that thousand years is up, there will be a war. What did it say? An exceedingly great army. That's us. It will be a swift war, by the way. So I told you to, to uh, mark those questions. The question and the answer in your Bible. Can these bones live? Can these bones live? And the answer, O oh Lord God, thou knowest. You know, we had some really uh, quality time with some of our family that came to visit us for Gabby's Sweet 16 party. And we have a family member whose life right now just seems hopeless. Yes, he he's divorced, has couple of boys who came to visit us teenage boys and I won't go into all the you know details of what's going on but the oldest son uh, he's 16 has actually like just cut off communication with his dad um, and I have to say you know in, in a very earthly sense let me qualify that like I can't blame him just for the things that have gone on in his throughout his 16 years of life it's a situation that just seems without hope so the Lord gave me an opportunity to speak to this young man and to encourage him um, but I know you know like we love coming here on Saturday nights and and loving on each other and uh, you know we're family right and so like family we have real problems with real issues and you know life is not always rainbows and butterflies there's painful things in life that happen I've certainly shared with you, you know, some of my painful memories of my biological father, my stepdad. Shared those recently. So if you pause to think, like, wh what is, like, is there anything in life that has you discouraged right now? A anything that seems like there's really just no hope for that situation? 
we have people sitting here tonight and others who are not here but are part of a team that you know is going on mission and they're fundraising we fundraised before for mission trips my family <laughs> i gotta tell you there are times where it seems like there's no hope of us reaching that goal Do you have a broken relationship with someone, maybe a family member, maybe like you, maybe like me, I'm sorry, it's, maybe it's with your dad? You know, maybe you're just waiting to hear some words from your dad. Or maybe it's your marriage seems to be without hope. Maybe it's your job. You know, we company I work for, they're going through a lot of changes. A lot of changes in personnel. As in decreasing the number of personnel. That can be a scary thing. Trying to find a job in, you know, today's world. Is there anything that, maybe it's the salvation of a loved one. You've just been praying your whole life for someone to come to faith. Maybe it's the arrangements of parents who are growing older. Maybe it's unruly kids. Gabby, yeah. Is there anything that caused you, maybe it's electronics that just don't work right when they're supposed to. But is there anything that it just got you discouraged and you're feeling defeated and beat up. If you will picture that, whatever that is, as dry bones in the valley, the question God poses to you is this, can these bones live? Can these bones live? Would your answer be as faithful as Ezekiel, oh Lord God, you know. Because here's the other thing that this passage obviously foreshadows. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right, this passage is all about resurrection. Jesus raised three people from the dead, four if you count himself. If you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, do you believe that God can make these bones live, whatever situation you're dealing with? Because it is only by the resurrection of Jesus Christ that when he returns, he brings our souls with him, our bodies will come out of the grave, we'll be united in new glorified bodies. If there's no resurrection of Jesus Christ, that does not happen. And so I just want to encourage you, if you are dealing with anything difficult, we've got a team leaving on Tuesday. Is that right? For the Middle East. We've got a team in East Asia, hopefully coming back soon. Do you know when? The third. Like, talk about going into hopeless situations, you know, where the, it's nearly impossible to preach the gospel. I look at our world, and you, you guys know me, right? Because sometimes I talk a little bit too much about politics like if there's if there were anything in my life i go man that's just a hopeless situation it'd be it'd be kind of the political 
condition of our country. Not even just the political, but just the division that exists, uh, you know, across our country with one another. So the question God is asking me is, Wes, can these bones live? Can I bring this nation back together? Can I restore order to the land? Certainly you can, Lord. So tonight we're going to uh, take communion. It's set up in the back. And of course, uh, prior to the resurrection, Jesus sacrificed his body on the cross for us. And so what I want you to do is, as you make your way through um, and grab the elements and go back to your seats, spend some time in prayer as we always do. But ask God to reveal things to you. There, you know, there were things that God revealed to me this week that I didn't realize I was thinking, yeah, there's no hope for that. You know, kind of took him digging deep inside of me to bring some of those things to the surface. So if you'd make your way to the back, grab the elements, come back to your seat, and just spend some time with the Lord and ponder that question before him. Can these bones live? And then I'll... Uh, have us take the elements together in just a couple minutes here. The Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me. He took the cup also after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you not only give life, but you bring dead things back to life. Broken relationships, hopeless situations, even broken hearts, Father. You mend and heal and bring back to life. Father, I pray that if there are situations that anyone here in our Alamostone family is dealing with today that seems hopeless, Lord, that, that as they ponder that question, can these bones live, that their answer would now be a resounding, oh Lord God, you know. And God, we thank you. We thank you for the vision that you gave Ezekiel that the nation of Israel would be restored, but also, Father, that you would give a vision of the dead coming back to life and being raised in glory to spend eternity with you in heaven. We thank you that you love us that much that you would send your son to die on the cross be buried and raise him back to life so that through faith in him we could have that promise of eternity with you it's in jesus name that we pray amen